Collar friends, you may have heard about us. This is BR Football Ranks. It's a new day and we have moved from a summer in Chicago to an empire state of mind. Welcome to the melting pot. Welcome to the jungle. On to the next one. We have liftoff in New York. Time for part two. This fortnight made in America has unfinished business. Soon you'll understand if we stick to the script. Let's stop and take a moment of clarity for a public service announcement. It's an encore for the intro, the return of the prelude, the gift and the curse of this podcast. But we're beyond reasonable doubt that this blueprint is the blue magic where a star is born. Pass the crown, la familia and see this takeover lifting you to the glory of heaven. A renegade poet addicted to the intro game and living a dream. Lucky me. So whether you think these intros are going to change the game, that they're the holy grail, if they're just all right or you have major regrets that they ain't enough, watch me work and at least admit one thing. You can't knock the hustle. My name is Jack Collins. Some call me JC. And where a week ago the rank squad number three kings on tour, right now we have a different advantage. Today you're getting the best of both worlds. First up, El Presidente. Presidente himself. He has 99 problems, mostly in his Instagram comments section, but ranking isn't one. He's been all around the world, and these rankings, he's feeling it, is Sam Ty. I get introduced first this week. I feel so honoured. Dean isn't here, so... Also, do you see what I have to put up with on a weekly basis? I didn't know that. You're second fiddle. Wow. So you go right to Dean, usually. Oh, no, I meant about the intros. Uh, <laughs> you know, you did smile, though, through most of it. I thought he'd be sick of it by now after how he told me. He's like, he's got to write a poem and do all this tomorrow. So I personally love it. Thanks, Connor. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well done. Especially. Well, I was going to say a big rank squad welcome to the host of another Bleach Report dynasty, the Stick to Football podcast, the other football. This is going to get interesting slash confusing. Can I get a bit of respect, please, Mr. Connor Rogers in the building? Oh, it's great to be here. It's great to have you guys here. I was going to say, to be fair, this is your building and bam, this studio is incredible. Yeah, but it's your show. Let's not get it mixed up. We're going to do football and football today. Football meets football. So a little confusing. Is it disrespectful if I say soccer? Or no, no. It... I, I imagine that you will and we won't. And yes. that's where it's going to get really <laughs> okay. twisted. I'm going to try and say soccer because we have to differentiate somewhere. That's what I was saying. But I will probably forget halfway through and we'll get very confused. Okay. Right, yep. Sam, hot takes. What you got for me? You, you are really promoted. You get first hot take. You get first intro. This is, this is like your dream. I'm never leaving. <laughs> so recently there was uh, an 11 put together on Transfer Marked, which is the top summer transfers of 2019, i.e. an 11 of players that have cost the most this summer that have actually moved clubs. It's an unbelievable team. I'm going to read it out really fast. Sillison in goal, Lucas Hernandez and Matthias De Ligt at the back with Wan-Bissaka on the right and Furlong Mendy on the left. Rodri, Frankie de Jong and Dombele Oh, it's a beautiful midfield. Griezmann up front, Hazard to his left, and Jao Felix to his right. This team is so good. It would win Liga, it would win the Bundesliga, and it would challenge for the title in the Premier League and La Liga. It's that good. That is the calibre of player that is transferring this summer, albeit for a big fees, but those are the moves we're seeing right now. It has been tremendous. I don't think so. Okay, why? Because there's no goals in that midfield. None at all. Like zero goals in that midfield. There's like one or two. <laughs> like no one in that midfield is scoring at all. It's just not a thing. Like, and I know you can say with Hazard and Griezmann through the middle, like you don't need it, but I They'll think do you do. do I, I honestly think you do. And you look at Chelsea last year and they struggled for goals in that midfield. Yeah. I think you'd have a similar problem with this team. Yes, they'd keep the ball really well. Yes, they have talents in different positions, but I just think they'd struggle to put the ball in the back of the net. I think I think with Chelsea, part of that at least was uh, was a constraint with the manager and the circuit-based system they were playing and just like the, the midfield rotations were pretty poor and things like that. I'm not comfortable with the idea that this team can beat out Man City, but I think how we saw like a top two last season, I think 
my team would make it a top three. I think your team would probably just about get a Champions League spot in the Champions in, in the Premier League. No chance. I think they would. It, they the, would the be field, fighting the for field four. in the Premier League. So, so at the moment, is so weak. This is the worst summer you could possibly say that. You're just being antagonistic. Oh, I don't think I am. So, yeah. I just, how much bigger is that than a normal transfer market? Like star talent? Is that what it is? Is that why this is so unusual? Or is it the amount of the transfers and associated also with how big the fees have been. So the fees, are, the fees are bigger, way bigger than okay. usual. Uh, the explosion this summer. I mean, we've been feeling it for a couple of years. Everything post Neymar uh, for two hundred and twenty odd million. It's like how people do time with Jesus and not Jesus. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's what it's like with Neymar. You can take, you look at football. It's yeah. pre Neymar yeah, and it. post Neymar. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He the, set a totally different market. Yeah, he's, it just exploded the yeah. market, and now players that are well worth. 5 million of selling for 25 million and suddenly you're into a completely different ball game. So Felix, for example, 126 million euro buyout clause. He has played eight months of professional football, yeah. mm-hmm. but literally half a season of football. I mean, he's amazing. And he's a guy that we've been talking about for a while. We, we appreciate his talents. We watched him in the, the youth league as an underage player. Like he was, he was sensational, but he is still at least like 60% potential and crushing it in Portugal is fine. But the Portuguese, the bottom end of the Portuguese league is trash. It's yep. so, so bad. You, you, they're taking a huge leap of faith there. But they said, hey, we're going to lose Griezmann. We, need, we want Felix. How much is he? 126. Well, Griezmann went for 120. So then Felix goes for 126. Right, I've been promoted myself in Dean's absence. Uh, it means I get to pick a hot take, which is interesting. It's also this. I have absolutely no issue with Gareth Bale going to China. None at all. He pretty much trebles his wages to over $1.25 million a week, which in... <laughs> Decent. <laughs> it's a little bit. Bale's 30 years old. He's won four Champions Leagues. the pinnacle of club football in Europe. He's played for Real Madrid. He's not getting dropped from his national team anytime soon. So there's no worries in an international capacity. And for me, it's a country with over a billion people where football is loved. This has trappings of David Beckham's move to MLS. And we spoke last week to Mike McGee, who said that he really felt MLS began when David Beckham moved to the Galaxy. And I feel like Bale moving to China could set off a similar reaction. He'd be coming the figurehead for a league that's trying to kind of raise its level, trying to start to compete with the big boys. And I think that's pretty cool. I think one of two things happens here. I think maybe what you say happens, which is he, he, he launches Chinese football, he becomes the face of it. He's getting rich, whatever. But players that go to China, they tend to be forgotten. They tend to disappear in China. Even the very best players, even when Chinese Super League clubs spend 50 million or 60 million on an exceptional player, a Brazilian international like Alex Teixeira or Oscar from Chelsea, they can still be completely forgotten. Now, Bale is going to have to launch this, this league into the stratosphere to make it relevant. I think it's what I think it's a, it's a serious boom or bust move. You're right; he's not going to fall out of the Welsh reckoning because he is their by far the best player. Um, you're right; he's achieved pretty much everything he possibly could in Europe. I mean, walking away from Real Madrid with four Champions League titles, I don't think anyone can hold that against him. But look, money aside, and he's earned plenty of that at Real Madrid because if you're only doubling your wages and you're getting 1.25 million dollars a week, that means you're on a serious packet already. I think he's on about four hundred thousand dollars a week. Yeah. At- at Madrid. But so, it's, it's still surprising because he's been playing at such a high level still, right? It's not like he's 34, 35, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like this is the final but he's, couple But years. he's been so away from that team for so long now that it feels like he's a bit part player. I mean, what I was going to ask you about was that move when Beckham did come over to MLS. How big did that feel at the time? It, it was huge because we never were able to associate with this. Like, that was the time, right, where U.S. soccer was... I mean, how many players could you attach yourselves to, right? Because, like... And now we do have... Like, Pulisic over here, like, is someone we could attach ourselves 
themselves to. I think for a while, uh, U.S. fans attached themselves to Tim Howard, a goalkeeper. That's Yeah, it was great, but it's like you're attaching yourselves to a goalkeeper. So when Beckham came over to play in the MLS, it's like, okay, well, this is something why, like this is a league maybe I would watch now because I'm seeing somebody that was the face of soccer for how long so it was yeah. huge i just think that that's the kind of chain reaction that beckham started and i think that bell could do something similar maybe because he's maybe he's not the same caliber of personality and yeah, i yeah. do agree that beckham being a kind of superstar and so good looking and all of those helped yeah i don't think he has that transformative effect that beckham does though because beckham came to a country where soccer was like fourth or fifth on the on in, in the pecking order and may still be third or fourth in China, they absolutely adore it already. He's not converting anybody. No one's looking at Bell and going, oh, I'll give soccer a try. But they were here, yep. right? People yeah. people attached themselves to Beckham as a figure and, and thought, oh, I, I don't like this sport, but what? Beckham signed for the Galaxy. Let's take a look. Whereas Ch- the, Ch- the Chinese will be like, cool, yeah, another good player. For the last take this week, it is actually all changed. I said this a lot, but it's genuinely all changed this week. Connor, you're going to ask us a burning question. Right? Burning question. So let's pretend I... I come overseas, I do not have a team to affiliate myself with. And I always ask our listeners, like, how, how did you pick an NFL team? I mean, mm. I was asking Sam before this, like, how did you like the Lions? Like, what? And everyone has a great story. If I'm coming overseas and ask you, you know, where do I even begin? What would you tell me? Who would be a good team to follow for a first time at this season in Europe, just kind of from afar? I mean, I've got two, two ideas straight off the bat. Yeah. Um, and the first first one's more glamorous than the other, but they're both very good clubs. Dortmund are a, a lot of fun. Borussia Dortmund. They have an amazing manager and Lucien Favre. They have some amazing players. One English in Jadon Sancho, who is potentially one of the world's best players in making, but they have an incredible captain in Marco Royce. They have a good young team that you can really kind of get to like very fast. Yeah, they're very likable. Because they're, 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 and the fans, the fans are amazing. The stadium is incredible. They have the yellow wall, which is all stood. Uh, it, it, it fits more more people in one stand than, you know, some like Cra- Craven Cottage or Selhurst Park can fit in the entire stadium. It's that big. They go absolutely insane. The match day experience is incredible. They play in black and yellow. Which is actually makes usually makes for a pretty cool kit anyway. Yeah, they're a really yeah. good colorway. Yeah, yeah. they just like they just nailed it. Their social media game is great. Their players are likable and young and hungry. The manager's good and the football's good as well. Dortmund are they're, they're an easy follow at this point. Yeah, I think, they to are. get into like because they just play nice football. They play good attacking I've, football and there's a lot of goals. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing for any American fan that's not familiar with the game. What what brand of you know football do I want to watch? Mm. Because if I told you guys so, you know what NFL team you want to watch, you'd say oh all the teams that score the most points, Chiefs, Rams, you know the list goes on, non Patriots. So I think that's a you know an easy way to. Uh, get acclimated with it and have fu- have fun with it. Like you Absolutely. don't want to watch miserable brand of soccer. Well, I yeah. would say it's less volatile than the NFL as well because the the Chiefs obviously right now scoring a hell of a lot of points yeah. and the, you know between Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill, they are. It's like playing Madden. Yes, watching Kansas watching Kansas City probably on double speed, but it hasn't always been like that um, over the five so years no. that I've been. I've been watching NFL maybe seven actually. They've sometimes been quite defensive, quite slow. Um, Alex Smith like, was a game Ali, manager. Alex Smith and with uh, with Andy, Andy Reid was, yeah. was the was was the coach with, well, with used Alex. To play for Nottingham Forest. No, not Barrel Club. <laughs> Andy Reid. We'll get to Barrel Club later. They haven't always been this way. Whereas football clubs, like unless you're talking about Chelsea, who changed the manager every seven months, um, someone like Dortmund will have core philosophies, and they will basically always stick to okay. it. Okay, so it's, it's it's actually a much safer bet 
to be like, right, I like this kind of football. I'm going to go with this team because quite a lot of them now have like a, a, a DNA. Inherent, yeah, they have a DNA that they stick to. Not Chelsea, but most of them. Right, who is the other like one you're going to say? Roma. Okay, I, I thought you might pick Roma. Roma are super exciting this season. Again, style of play is great. They have a new coach called Paolo Fonseca, who up until recently, obviously, has been with Shakhtar Donetsk, who have consistently overachieved in the Champions League. They play in Ukraine. They, you don't get to see them in Ukraine because, well, why would you watch Ukrainian yeah. football? But <laughs> when they actually play in the Champions League, the wing-backs fly forward. They spin, they spin the ball around really, really well. They make good players look excellent. And the, the prime example here is Fred, who signed for Manchester United yeah. last summer off the back of a very good campaign. He struggled a little bit. But they've just signed a new a new player for his position, Amadou Diawara from Napoli, who is brilliant. And him paired up with the new manager. I'm super excited to see it. They now play good football. They've got Justin Clivert, who's the son of legendary Patrick Clivert, who I think is on the cusp of exploding. Again, a good young core, some really exciting players. I think they've all got the right manager now to come together and actually show their talents. And I feel like they are gonna they are gonna be much better this season, and it'd be worth getting in early on them. Uh, the other, the other one I would add, and, and to throw a Premier League club into the mix, uh, is Leicester City. Oh, um, Leicester yeah. City yep. are obviously have won. Uh, I remember that miracle. Recently, the yeah. miracle. They're not going to do that again. So yeah. let's, let's <laughs> okay. rule that out. Don't follow Leicester if you want to see a Championship one at this point. But they have a really, again, exciting young team that has a real core of good, like attacking players, and they seem to be adding really well. And Brendan Rodgers is their manager now, came from Celtic, Celtic sort of halfway through last season, and is a real believer in sort of bringing youth through, bringing attacking, like keep the ball possession based attacking football uh, through. And I think that Leicester this year they've made some really good signings. They've done sensible business in the market all the way round. I think they're kind of the team to to keep an eye on as like could be a late challenger for the top six, kind of, which is quite a nice place to be as a yeah. fan. I've always found. Like, of course, I think maybe potential challenger for the top four. We, we've got we've got a, a cluster of clubs here: Wolves, Everton, and Leicester, who could quite conceivably gate crash that top four this season because the top four moving into this year is as weak as it's been in a long, long time. Chelsea with Frank Lampard as a manager and not able to make signings. Manchester United in, in a small amount of chaos. This is It's there to be taken. Arsenal like, in a large amount of chaos. Arsenal who, who only have like 50 million to spend despite everyone else is spending that on one player. I was going to say, uh, that sounds like chump change after we just talked <laughs> about the transfer market. Yeah, they don't have a budget for it. Mesut Ozil, unfortunately, has bagsied it all. So that's the way it is. That means that there is a potential opening for them. And and that's it's a great shout. Leicester, some, one of the best right-backs in the league. Yeah, one of the, they one just of the, have fun full-backs. And, and it's one of those things that like... As the game has developed and fullbacks have become more and more important, people having fun attacking fullbacks is like. So as you watch Liverpool, obviously, and you see Trent Alexander-Arnold up one side and Andy Robertson up the other, and it's great to watch because yeah. they're so exciting going forward. And I think Leicester have a kind of light version of that themselves in in two brilliant fullbacks in Ben Chilwell and, and Ricardo Pereira. People love aggressive in any sport; it doesn't matter. So you guys talk so much, I notice, about the manager of clubs. Mm. How much? blame do they share when things go wrong from fans because here in like the nfl the coach everything goes to the coach first in baseball nobody cares about the manager and then and same hockey not as much like but it sounds like in 
football, like the manager takes a ton of blame. Like you guys point to him a lot. You can't sack the players. Yeah, yeah. Right, for the club, yeah, can you sack can't. the manager. It's just yeah. too it's expensive like, to sack the entire squad. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what they do is they sack the manager, and and it's not always the manager's fault. You know, sometimes it is. Sometimes, sometimes it, is, it yeah. isn't. There's lots of people recognise that as well. I think I think there are there are quite a lot of the fan base will be like that player's not putting the effort in. That guy doesn't care. These guys aren't up to it. They they you can always see on the pitch whether or not these players are fighting for their manager yeah. or not. Uh, and I think people are pretty good at recognising that, but I think people also genuinely understand that you cannot sack 25 players. Yeah. <laughs> so if something has to change, yeah. it's so usually the manager that gets The manager's the, the cheapest guy to get rid of. Even yeah. even Same in the case here. of Jose Mourinho, when it takes quite a lot of money to sack him sometimes, <laughs> it's still the cheapest option. Yeah, indeed. Right, that's probably it for Hot Take. So yeah. we will be back after the break with a special Football Times football ranking. See you in a minute. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. It is time for our main rankings and in honour of all this crossover fun, we're going to be doing a Football Times Football Ranking this week. So Sam, do you want to explain what it is that you're going to do? My part in this is, uh, well, I have picked five soccer players who I think could have played in the NFL if they had obviously spent their entire lives training for it because right now they'd all get crushed. But yeah, I've, I've, I've picked a position for each one, uh, looking at their physical ability and, and just basically their, their strengths and weaknesses and try to figure out who could fit where. Some rules, no kickers, that's boring. No punters either. No goalkeepers because, well, you might immediately think strength and height and reach, right? But those guys don't move well. And then, Connie, you're going to do something similar in reverse. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Right, Sam, let's go. Okay, so in at number five is Jordan Shakiri, Liverpool winger. Okay. Here's the thinking. He's five foot seven. He's bas- bad start. He's basically <laughs> built like a square he's have you like he's got a thick neck thick body he's like a i don't know he's like a building block on a video game as a ball of muscle i think as a running back he would have the right amount of explosion and strength in the legs and a good bit of change of direction he i think quite quick. i think he i think he could sneak through some gaps in the offensive line if someone's blocking for him he'd get me a first down or two no problem as a running back he's either a running back or a slot receiver or yeah. a return specialist with the build. He's he's muscular. He's squat. Yes. He's really, compact. really strong. Yeah, 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 really compact. I mean, he's he's a, he's a guy. Tuck the ball under his arm and let him squeeze through a few gaps. I'm not saying that he's gonna he's gonna get you any 30 yard runs. I don't think he has the top end speed. I think he has enough explosivity and he's small enough and deceptive enough to just squeeze through like a couple a of barrel, tackles. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he I think he could be a subpar running back. <laughs> <laughs> like practice squad. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. But into number. Number four, uh, this is um, kind of surprised that I'm saying this, but basically Jack and I spent uh, spent Monday afternoon at Fiorentina training. They were training at the New York Red Bulls facility. So we watched them do pre-season physical drills. Really, really hard work. It good physical work. so hot. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, Monday was awful. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And they were working so hard. And they were doing like cone drills and like the, the, the ladders and the one where you stick like four sticks in the ground in a vertical line. You flick between them, left, right, left, yep. right. Some of the players were pretty good at it. Some of them were okay. Some of them mostly just tried to hit the sticks out of the ground and ignore them. There was one player, Fiorentina's best player, who was like a human blur. His footwork was absolutely ridiculous. In, out, in, out, gone. It's Federico Chiesa. He's the constantly, here. constantly linked to Juventus, has been again this week, plays for the Italian national team, was superb over the summer for the under-21s in Europe. Probably a little bit light, but... I've, I've got him at... 
I think he's around 5'11 or 5'10. He's actually a little bit taller than I thought he was. How's the last name said? Uh, C-H-I-E-S-A, Chiesa. Okay. Uh, He is a bit taller than I thought. His footwork, his speed, explosivity. And he's he's got got the top end speed that everybody is looking for. Honestly, watching him shift between those gates... My jaw was just left like hanging open, and especially in the heat because it's heat blur yeah. as well. And then suddenly you're yeah. you're into kind of territory. And so, I wouldn't send him over the middle. I'll say that he looks like he, I think he's a deep threat. Yeah, I he's, think he's, he's a deep going threat. over the top. Uh, yeah. You don't want him taking any hits. I'll tell you that right now. That's I mean, the first I mean, we, I we'd we'd ask him to to put on a little bit of muscle for sure. But I think as a as a, as a deep threat guy, because um, because the footwork was so good, I think a, a little bit of deception uh, at the top of the route. Would be, I think he'd lose everyone. And I a think kick returner. He would be absolutely amazing. We spoke to Fiorentina left back David Hanko afterwards uh, and actually w- recorded a segment for our podcast with him, and that will come in the, in the next few weeks. And he reckons Chiesa was only a, a little bit slower than Mbappe. And, and Mbappe, Mbappe is like yeah, the yeah. quickest player in football. I don't think people really realize Chiesa's that quick yet. I think if you add in that acceleration, the footwork, and the, the top end stuff, um, as long as he can catch, we're good. <laughs> That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's today's NFL right now. Everyone's yeah. just vertical, vertical, you know, getting over the top, winning routes. And with the new rules, uh, trying to limit contact a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. This one has a chance. Honestly, I'm skeptical I, on Shakiri. This one to be fair, chance. we're going up the rankings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, like we're, I like that we're trending up right now. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to trend back down again here. Number three is Eden Hazard, newly transferred to Real okay. Madrid. Now, speaking to some of the, the guys at BR yesterday, uh, they, and I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote this. The NFL is all legs and ass, is what they said. Yeah, that's good. All legs and ass. And Hazard has a lot of that. He has a lot of both. He ha- he's one of the most durable footballers I've ever seen. He gets kicked and elbowed and he punched and shoved constantly. every single game. He gets fouled four or five times and a load more the referee doesn't catch. Just gets on with it. His agility levels are ridiculous. His change of direction is probably better than almost anybody other, he's than, an elite athlete. other than Messi. Elite. Yeah, he's an elite athlete and he's got power in those legs and in that arse. Ridiculous. And a fierce competitor as well. Like seriously fierce competitor, which is another, another key thing here. If you're taking so many hits like that, there's only so much you can take and I'm always really impressed with the the guys in the NFL who just get slammed every single time and just get back and and pretend not to be hurt, even if they've got like a broken leg. They're all playing through something. Yeah, absolutely. The first two weeks, they're good. Yeah. And then like week three through to the playoffs, they've got like broken thumbs, broken fingers, knees are wrecked, high ankle sprains. You know, I saw Calvin Johnson play through a ridiculous amount of leg injuries oh, yeah. and he just kind of went for it every time. I presume he just walked straight into an ice, ba- ice bath afterwards and stays there for about a week yeah, uh, until what, the next game. Yeah, what, yeah. what else can you do? But Hazard, again, I think is a, be- a better projected running back than Shakiri because you've got the same explosivity and base power uh, and all the pattern can keep churning around. And again, a little bit of uh, elusiveness between the tackles as well will be quite good. Yeah, that's the, the best one. I know we're working our way up, but that's the best one just because, I mean, I've seen him play plenty of times where you talk about an elite athlete, not just in you know football, but in the world, in any sport. There's certain players you watch play and you go, that guy would be good at whatever you asked him to do. Yeah, yeah. Whether it was hockey, whether it was American football, 
you know, tennis, just natural, golf, just natural. Yeah, the yeah, the instincts. That's a big thing, too, how fast American football is. And I know, obviously, soccer is, too. Mm. Uh, yeah, Hazard is one of those rare guys that probably could have been good at anything. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think so. Right, well, yeah, no, you've, got, you've got work to do to beat it now. Yeah. Yeah, but you've trended badly, and now you've yeah. trended too high. Yeah, you've yeah, gone yeah, too yeah, early. Yeah. I know. How is, I'm, uh, Hazard could have been a one or a two. We're yeah, going to well, see here. Hey, three still good. Uh, into number two, I've gone Paul Pogba. Oh, I mean, for Manchester Home United. Run, yes. So, I mean... We we'll start with a physical. Where is he going to play? I mean, I've I'm got I've got him as a tight end. Okay, I've, I've got him at tight end. Um, yeah, safety, tight end. Yeah, physically speaking, he's a marvel. I, I don't know what those things are. So, lie me. Uh, physical positions. I like right, so yeah, 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 what, what do they do? So the tight end nowadays is used more as a bigger receiver, but they're asked to block in line. They're asked to block out in front. You need to be basically a tight end nowadays. You need to be big, fast, tough. Asked to do just about everything, got to catch the ball. But I mean, Pogba's another guy that's one of the better athletes, you know, in the game where you could see yeah. him. Now, I say safety because you look at, you know, how much ground he covers. The safety is the last line of defense. Okay. So it's, you know, it, it, what you guys always like say. Like a fullback in rugby. I was, yeah. Mm. It's your last guy. Okay. He's got to make that tackle. He can't let anyone behind him. And we know how fast Pogba's stride is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to come downhill. When the running back gets the ball and pops someone in the mouth, sometimes two people, because you've got to get through a lead block and then get to the ball carrier, and, and you got to be able to cover. And you look at Pope. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Does everything, right? Yeah, I mean, does, I've yeah. never seen a weak spot in this game, whether okay. offensively, defensively. I know you could speak more to it, but that makes uh, sense. I mean, yeah, there's, it, there's no, I mean, at a base, though, like on paper, he does not have a weakness. No. The only question mark over the last couple of years is, is whether or not, frankly, he could be bothered on some days, uh, particularly in a, in a bit of a train wreck of a Man United side sometimes. It's just, you wouldn't blame anybody for, yeah. for, for questioning a few things in, in that regard. But yeah, ba- basically, what, what I had was that the, the physical aspects are he's a joke. Um, just, the agility and the balance. He's quite live. Acceleration and the speed. Yeah, that's perfect. Like he can, he can move. You know, he's 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 got that. He's six three. He's strong, yeah. but he can move. He can he glides. The thing with Pogba across the foot, across the soccer field is that he glides. He is majestic, um, and that sort of thing. You know, covering that much ground that fast, but sort of deceptively so. That's why I had him at tight end because his spring and his jumping is very good as well. But he can also, obviously, as you say, translate through to a defensive it's back. A gr- as it's well. a great call. It's a great call. He's one of the rare. Like you ask somebody to play tight end. It's hard to imagine sometimes somebody from soccer to play tight end. That's one of the, the perfect examples. Yeah. Because okay. that build. There we go. There you go. Right. right. And Top into, hit. into number one uh, is Sergio Ramos. Okay. Uh, center back Real Madrid. Uh, again, I'm surprised I wrote this down, but I, I, I thought about it a lot. And I, I have long felt that Sergio Ramos is the most complete. Um, how do I put this properly? Because I don't He's the most complete footballer soccer player in the world it, with regard to how, I think he could play every position except goalkeeper yep. I think if you put him up front he'd score 10 goals maybe 12 goals for Real Madrid I think if you put him in midfield he'd be fine he obviously plays in defence yep. he used to play at right back I think he can do pretty much everything. Well, and I think I, the toughness I, translates. Yeah, so. I'm not his biggest fan. Like regular listeners will know that I have yeah. issues with Ramos, but I do respect the hell out of his skill set and how it would translate to every position. And that kind of complete athlete and complete skill set, uh, along with the competitiveness and the mindset, 
The fact that he's a bit dirty sometimes as well. He's a, he all, might play linebacker. He might be a shorter linebacker. In all, the NFL. All, all, all of this translates to win. Yeah, desperate to win, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, I think he's, he's one of the most determined. Necessary. One of the most determined footballers I've I've ever seen play the game. Um, and his his jumping, his his spring is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous! Like the number of goals this guy scores from set pieces yeah, and at corners, key times as yeah. well. Like he is the definition of clutch in our in our football. He re- he really is. Like the amount of injury time equalizers and winners that he's been responsible for is is ridiculous. And just the fearlessness too yeah. of yeah. the yeah. way he plays. He has I mean, no worries about no. Is yeah. he just launches himself like nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah, yeah. His injury record is amazing considering how he treats his own body. Um, and I know I didn't I didn't take this into account at, at the top. I said I didn't, but I have actually seen him nail a 60-yard field goal uh, in pre-season a few years ago at Seattle. So, you know... So he could already kick. He, yeah, I mean, like, all these guys should be able to kick, kick but we actually have the physical kick, proof right. that Ramos can do it. Not that I'm saying he's kicker. I, I had him at defensive back, um, but I guess if you asked him to put... 30 pounds of muscle on. We might be looking yeah. at a linebacker or something like that. Uh, yeah, the linebacker position, some of these guys are getting smaller now. They're chess piece players. You play them at defensive back. You play them at linebacker so you can move them all over the place. That's what I would think with Ramos, just because you look at, hey, he's smart, number mm-hmm. one. you got to be really smart to be in the middle of the American football defense. So uh, that's a big one for me. The fact that he can kick like that, it, it kind of amazes you that more teams haven't tried to convert uh, international players to come over and kick. With how bad the American kickers are. Yeah, just like 35. You're thinking about hanging up your boots over there. Right. Well, how about you come and give us a year? Kickers playing in their 40s. They're all down they the middle. <laughs> this is something. They are. That's so the like, thing. I always throw this back to rugby. Like, I wasn't very good at rugby because I'm small. Um, but I was good at kicking. Like, really good at kicking. And you have to kick from across, the, you know, across all the way. Yeah. And it always baffles when I watch that. I'm like, they're all from the middle. They should have to do them from the side. It'd be much more exciting. The yeah. thing is, in rugby, you don't get, like, 250-pound monsters running at you with helmets trying to That's... rip you in half. <laughs> or not jumping with, over the not line. Not with helmets, to be fair. <laughs> but you can charge a kick in rugby. Yeah, but it's they don't get close, do they? Yeah. Do they? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They've, I've seen kicks charged down. Okay. They happen. But yeah, yeah. yeah that's, um, anyway, that's a, a, tough, by yeah. the by. Just, I think if you're just kicking things in a straight line, it's usually if you, as long as you've got the power, right? You would think. It's amazing how <laughs> yeah. you would think. It's amazing how uh, many things go wrong. Oh yeah, whether I can it's the snap, the hold, yeah. the kick. I guess the that's kickers, the, trick, the yeah. mental aspect of it. So yeah, you need something. You need to be a little bit unhinged to be a hundred percent. So uh, I mean, I'm not sure that any of these guys actually Ramos. Ramos, Ramos, uh, Ramos <laughs> yeah, might he's be a perfect example. Ramos might be, but the, the other crazy. the other guys, <laughs> the other the other guys. I don't know about that one, but yeah. Um, and like to just to finish off, one player that I I nearly put in, but just decided that he's too pretty and wouldn't enjoy the rough and tumble is Cristiano Ronaldo. I knew we were going to get there eventually. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I don't think he'd have. I don't. I'd have no interest. I yeah. Th- yeah, for, yeah. I think if you asked him to play, he'd say no. Yeah. Uh, every week, um, I think he actually he actually has the attributes to do it. He's taller than he's, a lot of the guys. He's taller, and particularly, I don't think there's a player, maybe outside of Ramos, who has the the aerial like the, the basically yeah. the vertical jump on him uh, that can match Ronaldo. Like and the drive. His, to be his, fair, if you convinced him to do it, yeah, he'd want to win. Yeah, his his airtime and his his he his could dedication. be a great receiver. He's fast. He's long. Yeah, like you said, the mm-hmm. vertical. I would imagine naturally he has good hands. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's good at most things. He's good at most things. When you're a world-class athlete, like once-in-a-generation kind of athlete, you usually have good hands and instincts. It would be be weird if he didn't, wouldn't it? I just basically decided that he wouldn't fancy it. No. And it's miserable. That's fair. It'd be so grim. It's not for everyone. You get one hit and go... 
Yeah, what? this is nonsense. Yeah. You could do that? Us. Yeah, you get up and look and yell at the ref. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. This is what we do. Let's flip this, Connor. Let's yeah. flip this. What you uh, what you got going back the other way? Yeah, so I'll start. I'm doing three. Yeah. Right? Because I don't think a lot of American football players can go play soccer. Hey, right? funny. I thought the same thing yeah, the other way. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, there's one on here that I think would be f- truly phenomenal, and we'll get to him. But starting with Saquon Barkley on the New York Giants at number three. Oh, yeah? It, he's compact. It, I don't want to say barrel. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm always looking for memories. It's close. We use it's, it as a positive. It's not a negative. Oh, then he he is barrel. Oh, I mean, Saquon <laughs> Saquon is 5'10", 230. Right, and well, it's barrel. all muscle though. I mean, all muscle. Where you look at this dude, but world class speed. I mean, just world class speed. Brilliant, brilliant kind of player. Where I mean, you could probably play him at striker. Uh, I want to save the other two guys for the midfield, so I don't want to put him anywhere else. He's actually tough enough where he can play on defense, like all the way in the back. But, I mean, just the kind of speed that he has and the kind of build that he has. And once again, one of those guys that he is, isn't bad at anything in American football. Yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. Bad. I mean, I actually would like to see him kick a field goal because I just think he could do it. Mm. And there's position players that mess around in practice and always do it. And he's, some are bad, some are, you know, some are great. Uh, Saquon Barkley would be phenomenal. Number two. Hang on, so we've got Barkley yeah. running off the shoulder here of the defense. Like a Jamie, Va- a muscular Jamie Vardy yeah. in, in behind, constantly threatening off the shoulder and just, just speeding into those channels. He'll outrun most most people, yeah. I would say. You know, I, It would be interesting to see how it translates to the pitch. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and vision. I mean, yeah. he could see and react to everything. He's one of the best receiving running backs. Well, I was going to say, that's probably something, because obviously that role, all it entails really is actually not going offside yeah. and having to actually read the defensive yeah. line and play it. And so if you're looking for someone that really is smart enough to play that line, you know, Fulham have a striker who is very, very strong and very, very fast. His yep. name is Abubakar Kamara. He's not very good at football, um, but he offers physical attributes that very yep. few players do. But he just constantly strays offside. Like yeah. He constantly runs just offside. Time what it, you can't. need is someone that's going to play that role, is going to be able to actually catch the, catch the shoulder of a defender as yep. they go past so that they're not going offside. But that's it. If he's got the vision, then, he does. then I'm totally on board. You're speaking to a Palace the fan there. A Palace yeah. fan who calls Christian Benteke one of his own players. Christian Benteke, who is offside more than anybody in the world. No, that is true. <laughs> I can confirm. Can confirm. Right, who's in it too then, Connor? Yeah, a lot of offside flags coming up during those games. <laughs> um, yeah, Saquon would be able to handle any cross, I think. I mean, anyone listening to the show that's an NFL fan knows he's just one of the best players in the league already after one year. Yeah. Number two, Julio Jones on the Falcons. Uh, I... I know you're a Lions fan. He's like the closest thing we've had to Megatron, really, you know, since obviously they played in the league at the same time. Now Julio's still playing. Uh, Julio's got it, really the height to play anywhere. He's kind of built like Pogba, mm. honestly. Mm. Very, very similar build. That long build, the long strides. But for such a tall guy, it doesn't look like the awkward tall guy running. It's the seamless gliding. The seamless gliding. He's yeah. very Pogba-esque. Uh, he's also one of those athletes that once again, you just, you think he could do anything. He could jump through the roof. I mean, the vertical is unreal. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, on a set piece, the, it would be the guy, you know, the ball's going to every single time, Mm. every single time. Now I don't know how much skill he would have with the ball, which would be interesting because we're just so used to seeing him in pads, catching the ball all the time. But when you're just looking for an athlete, uh, to transition, Julio Jones would be, would be one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. So number one. I th- I think you could have predicted this one. Yeah. 
It's Odell Beckham. Yeah, it's just yeah. in the name, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> the, the star power. It, he. It's funny. He's the closest thing we have to a soccer star playing in the NFL. Whether it's just the the build, number one. He honestly looks more like a soccer. But the the bigger legs, but you know, a more thinner upper body, but athletic upper body. Uh, we've seen videos of him taking free kicks. I mean, he has a le- like a legit leg. Uh, there's a video of him taking a penalty, and it, 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 I'm pretty sure it just sets fire halfway through to the goal and just like burns a hole through the net. It's yeah. the power is ridiculous. We played soccer, didn't we? Yeah, I've played soccer with him. Have you? I have. Right, talk. I need to hear this. A couple of summers ago, uh, I went to Tottenham Hotspur's training ground, Hotspur Way, because we were doing some filming uh, in conjunction with the NFL, uh, and we had we had about half an hour with Odell. Um, and we were going to play, we were going to play, like he was going to take penalties. And I went along with goalkeeper gloves to Tottenham's training ground thinking he's about to shoot three holes through me, through soccer balls shaped holes through my body. I'm going to come back looking like I've been hole punched. And uh, actually he'd, he'd, he'd injured himself the previous day. So he wasn't able to film doing that, but we had a few, we, we did have a little kick around and then I had to chip him with, so he had the goalkeeper gloves on and you know, his famous catch, his, yeah. his extension where he basically, Jack, he, he caught a ridiculous ball where he was I've extending seen, all I've the way back. You saw that. This. So we basically yeah. were trying to go. show even me. <laughs> it's that famous. We're trying to showcase his, uh, his, his leap and his airtime and just like how he can move his body in the air. So I spent about 20 minutes chipping the ball from the 18-yard line edge of the box over his head so that he could leap up into the air and do the same motion to catch the ball. The Is that because you just took so many attempts to do it? Do you know what? It, it actually wasn't. <laughs> I, I nailed like... The, um, our, old, our video producer at the time, Neil, he created a highlight reel for me. Very <laughs> nice. Absolute, I hit the bar like six times. Um, they were all perfect. We he might just, need to dig that up. He, yeah, just, uh, he just couldn't... It just wasn't really that interested in doing it for the first 10 minutes and we were just like you could have to do it yeah i'll be here until you do it and then eventually he did it so how much skill did you get a sense from being around him or was he too hurt to really do much? he wasn't doing he wasn't doing too much moving he was kind of slinking around um so i just kind of i I only really got to got got the feel of like how he is generally yeah uh just someone who is very very composed and very cool and just like just moves with a fluidity and an ease even when he's slinking even when he's just like walking around yeah um that you can tell then translates i mean he would just like punt a football in practice and it just explodes Mm. off the leg so it's uh, it's one of those ones where like he's a great football player great football player like it would amazing receiver amazing talent the star power. He's got the diva in him. Like he has. Oh, like yeah, the, I saw his interview on last night on on ESPN Sports Center when I went home. He's got the Ronaldo kind of. I'm, who not, you, I'm not saying it was just because of me that we were on the TV, but it was because of me. Yes, he was like, <laughs> yes. okay, yes, <laughs> yeah. He's That's honest. A statement. I was like, all right, he's cool. honest. Yeah, um, he sounds like one of ours, a proper diva. Yeah. So there you go. I, I think he'd be the perfect, perfect football player i think that's fair well this has been seriously enlightening for me i feel like i've learned more than anyone else including our listenership i imagine so Mm. we'll be back after the break for more enlightenment and serious crossover fun 
Welcome back to BR Football Ranks. And instead of roulette this week, we're going to play a game. This was suggested by Gabe DeLeon on Twitter. So thank you, Gabe. And we're calling it The Matchup. So, Connor, you're going to set us up by describing an NFL team for us. And we're going to find an equivalent team in Europe to compare them to. So, obviously, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, what we've got wrong. <laughs> and if there's anyone you think <laughs> that we need new suggestions for, then you'd let us know. So, uh, over to you, Connor. Uh, this is the perfect crossover I love segment this. right now. So, this is a great idea um, from, you said Gabe, right? Yeah, he's he's a loyal stick to football and football ranks listener. We, we like him, we like are, him yeah. a lot. Yeah, exactly. so he's been well here. Yes. We're going to get a poster of you, Gabe. We're going to put it in the <laughs> yeah. studio. Yeah, so I like that, with maybe a shirt and a hat of each brand. <laughs> so, all right, first one. This is like the most layup one of all. The Dallas Cowboys, they're, they go by America's team. It's a little, you know, I don't know how much we all agree with that here. So how do you feel about that if you're not a Dallas fan? I don't like it at all. <laughs> Does everybody hate that? Apart from Dallas fans. Probably, yeah. Because why are they America's, you know, and I'm sure I'll get blowback for, you know, explanations of why they're America's team. Anyway, so they're, the classic case, maybe they're America's team. This is a big reason with Dallas. They have the most fans outside of Dallas. You see Cowboys fans in New York City. You see Cowboys fans in Los Angeles. You see Cowboys fans in South Dakota. Wherever the hell Why? you go. I don't... It's just in a, a rabid fan base. I think it's the the, the logo, the star. Yeah, that's, I see quite a lot of hats in London. The star is good on a hat. It's great. It's a great logo. Uh, as you guys would say, it's a great kit. Just the color palette. Yeah, yeah. The silver with the blue mm-hmm. and the white... It just it there is nice. part of it that's like very Amer- Americans love like the bit of like flash traditional flashiness mm-hmm. and that's yeah, what yeah, the yeah. Cowboys are and Texas in the United States is is the football state I mean that's what it so them being in Texas does help the brand but yeah you have they have the most fans it's um, they're like what the Yankees are in baseball there's Yankee you see the Yankee yeah, yeah, yeah. has Yankees yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah yeah that's the what the Cowboys are what uh, how how successful are the Cowboys I, I mean they got five Super Bowls so the problem with the Cowboys is it's been a while mm. it's been a while I mean we're going on twenty plus years now I think so okay they but, had a they had a his, historic run. But how long can you, you know, I'll live on that? Yeah. Okay, this but feels pretty easy. It feels like Man United. But yeah, it? most fans outside of the area in which the team is located on a bit of a dry run, but a history of success. That's Manchester United. That's and quite widely seen as probably the most successful English club. Yeah, pr- absolutely, precisely. But also something that, uh, that that gets picked up on by other teams' fans quite a lot is the fact that quite a lot of fans are not. I mean, it's because Manchester United are such a big team. Yeah, they've got fans everywhere. But there's always a joke about like, oh, you know, if Manchester United lose at home, it's all has a long trip back because you know they have to go back to London and things like that. Yeah. You know, there's always jokes about you that. Only so. live around the corner often rings around London Stadium. Uh, in away so games, yeah, that sort of this thing. This is so, perfect. Yeah, I think the Cowboys and United are a match made in heaven. We can all hate them together. Aren't they worth <laughs> a lot of money too? Hell yeah, Man, oh yeah, oh I mean, very very. I think both those teams are on the top of the Forbes value list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every, every single year, absolutely. Man yeah. United, Real Madrid, and Barca are like commonly known or yep. as the three the most valuable and biggest teams in the world yeah i mean for us it's uh cowboys yankees lakers there you go there we are so. we have a we have a match yes, yeah we it's do. a match right so, let's go let's keep going all right the second one uh not that different but definitely different how they're viewed the pittsburgh steelers mm-hmm. maybe arguably the most successful 
NFL franchise and pure championships. Now, of course, the Patriots fans, they've had this generation. They've been the best. But you look back at the Steelers' history, a strong history, uh, talent at nearly every position, but tough. I mean, just tough defenses. They were nicknamed the Steel Curtain at one point because of how their defense was. So legendary defensive teams, tough teams, winning team, do things the right way is how the Steelers have always been. They do it the Steeler way. It's like their brand of saying they're a a classy, more traditional, great fan base. Um, Very loyal in Pennsylvania, though. And and obviously mostly Pittsburgh, but the state of Pennsylvania is where the Steelers fans are. They are, you know, outside of Pennsylvania, but it's not like the Cowboys, where it's like you got these fans everywhere. They're very, it's just, in Pittsburgh, it's Steeler football. That's what matters the most. Okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a tricky one. I'm told, There's elements yeah. of Juventus here going yeah. on. That's what the, the kind the, of traditional defensive... The tough curtain-style thing. Juve are famous for their defensive ability. That's Italian all over. But it completely contradicts the, the Turin thing, whereas a lot of people in Turin will support Torino okay. um, ahead. And, and Juventus have the best travelling kind of support in, in Serie A in, yeah. in many regards because yeah. there are a lot of them everywhere. Steelers so fans do, tra- do travel to away games. Well. But the the thing is the Juventus, a lot of people will be like, oh, there's a lot of people in Milan who will go okay. to a Milan-Juventus game. Or also, the away so. culture in, in Serie A is, is not strong at all. There are games when there are like 50 fans. Okay. Yeah. Like, wow. like it's, it's really it's really bad but Juve are the seem to be the exception at but times. A lot of the time I think it's because there are fans in other places who support Juve mm. and because they are wow. like a traditional Italian powerhouse kind of rather than because they've traveled from Turin mm-hmm. to Milan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, so this, is, this is tough. I mean I, part of me thought Borussia Dortmund and like I mean, they, their own fan base are crazy too rabid for them we'll support them through thick and thin and they both play in black and yellow which is quite, which is quite nice um, I, but then yeah I think it's a, it's a Dortmund or Juventus can we combine the two can yeah we I think we'll have them? to I think that's, that's what we're going to have to do we're going to have yeah. to go there, there are elements of Juve at play with, with elements of, of because you couldn't ever say that Borussia Dortmund are a defensive no, minded no. team. Their philosophy is very much based around attacking football, pressing football. Now I'll say, but so they are very successful. Lately, the Steelers have become an offensive team. Okay. They have a, a great quarterback. Have had great wide receivers forever. Yeah, ever, and great running backs. They've become an offensive team. Okay, so maybe we're maybe, maybe we're sort Dortmund of sliced close. between yeah. Dortmund and Juventus, yeah. leaning more towards a modern Dortmund than than yeah. an old Juventus. I like I like creating a kind of. Like a modern powerhouse called Borussia Juve, uh, and we'll I don't think re- fans of either club would like that at all. I think that's a really bad thing to do. But I can see elements of them uh, yeah, both we got, here. Yeah, and we're yeah, just yeah. going to leave it as that. I think. I tell you what, a... since they're in different countries, if you're a Steelers fan, why don't you adopt a team in Germany and, and a team in Italy? And yeah. they're very different, so yeah. you'll have uh, you'll have yeah, things yeah, to a, do. The best of both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. All okay, right, yeah. now one. we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I mean. Just have had a miserable stretch like no other. Nothing can go right, whether it's who they draft and hope, uh, who gets hurt, coaches, you know, just revolving door, diehard fans. I mean, loyal, loyal. They will fill out. They call it the dog pound, the stadium. They they care about Browns football in Cleveland, I think, more than anything. And there's, there's belief this year they're going to turn the corner. There's hope. For the first time in the longest time. Oh, so is there not usually hope? No. Are they run oh, bad? They run actually, there has been hope. There has been hope, at, you know, every couple of years, and it just goes wrong. 
Okay. Everything goes wrong. Are they run badly? Management. The owner is horrible. Yes. Okay. Actually, <laughs> okay. every every GM until the most recent one that builds the team has been atrocious. Okay. All right. Like in, is, like laughably atrocious. Not just like yeah. bad. Like like a running joke. Okay. So I think on three. Yeah. One, two, three, <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> so basically, basically, there is one key difference. Uh, in it's the, last in, year's Newcastle. Yeah, it's last year's Newcastle. Because Newcastle going into this season, they've just lost... They've uh, just abandoned all hope. They've just lost Rafa Benitez, okay. their, their esteemed manager, who has walked out basically because he can't deal with the owner any longer. And as a result of this, the fans are just they're distraught. They're and in they have, they have zero expectations. So we're almost at a polar opposite there in terms yeah. of like this year is the year for the Browns. This year is not the year for the Newcastle. But the history of the fans staying loyal to a team that consistently underperforms and is run into the ground, it's perfect. Yeah, this it, is. The, the Cleveland Browns and Newcastle Spot United. On. Yeah. This is it. Absolutely. Oh, that's a good one. They're gonna, uh, that's it. If you want fellow brothers in pain and arms, <laughs> they should. Is, yeah, or maybe they go. shouldn't. Yeah, don't, don't go anywhere near each other. You yeah. don't deserve this much misery. <laughs> <laughs> no one deserves that much misery. <laughs> Nice. That was a good one. What have you got for me? Real nice. Have we told everyone the story of how the nonsense siren has been in, has been used in? Oh people's right, public? no, yeah. we haven't. You Go tell ahead. it. No, uh, you tell it. Well, we met we met a couple of fans in uh, in Notre Dame for the Liverpool against Dortmund the twins, game. as they're now affectionately known for the, the twins. So basically, we saw them in the crowd and we said hello, and then after the game, we walked out and we were waiting for an Uber. So went for a drink with them in the hotel. Uh, just got to just got to chatting with them, and like one of them dropped in that in their social group now. And when they're out for drinks and stuff, if they feel like somebody is talking nonsense, they start using the nonsense. So they just, someone just starts going. Ooh. That is, I'm epic. just so yeah, I'm massively taken on board. Yeah, I'm yeah, you need to get delighted. that to spread around. More. It basically yeah. floored us, didn't it? Yeah, yeah so, I would be honoured. Yeah, yeah I, I'm taken about They're gonna, I'm hopefully gonna see a video of it. At some you point, have to. But I am, I'm really excited. So yeah, you know, hit me up, boys. You should be, do the uh, hashtag um, nonsense challenge. Nonsense. Just challenge. have people sirening their friends. Yeah, that's decent. Yeah, that's shit. decent. Excellent. Okay. Well, what, what is the nonsense? So the nonsense. Well, in honour of being here in New York, I've yeah. decided to rank the skyline, the famous New York skyline. Uh, Jack and I went up to uh, a hotel that rotated in a circle, so you got to see everything. Okay. Um, and I just picked out my favorite buildings. Are you going to compare them to anything? I've decided to compare them to uh, Premier League clubs. Okay. Um, okay. So my third favorite building in the New York skyline is the Chrysler Building. Great in the past, but now it is just one of many. No longer outstanding and no longer the very biggest. So I'm going to I'm going to say the Chrysler Building is Aston Villa, who in the 1980s won the Champions League, but up until recently have been lounging in the second tier, having been run extremely poorly itself. It used to be one of the biggest names in football in the 80s. It was the biggest name in Europe. They beat Bayern Munich in the in the Champions League final, and then just almost completely fell away. And the Chrysler Building, when it was built in the 1930s, was the tallest building for like one year, and then got overtaken completely. His, its stay at the very top was very very short and limited, just like Villa's. Very good. Nailed it. Very yeah. good. Absolutely nailed it. Onwards. Okay. In at number two, uh, one World Trade Center. Okay. So finished in 2014. I know where this is going. A very new, shiny development, a modern, magnificent facility, and it shot to the top fast. And you can go to the top of this building in 60 seconds in an elevator. It's unbelievable. It's the tallest building in the US. It reigns supreme, but it's very much a new thing. You know, people that were looking at the skyline 15 years ago 
and then looked again today would think, who the hell are they? It's Manchester City. <laughs> now, <laughs> I don't even know where to, where to begin with this. Is there uh, a little bit of a bitterness towards Man City? There no, is. Uh, it, yeah. Amongst, not, not, not from us, us just but amongst okay. the general kind of yes. family. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of oil money references there's a lot of like uh, you bought your way to the top yeah. references a lot of what was kind of leveled at chelsea all those years ago is now leveled at manchester city yeah for very similar reasons in that it's not kind of wasn't there it was it was languishing low down and now it now it is very much the pinnacle I mean, of english they, they are like city are they are have been around a long time they are historic they are a historic football club but it wasn't that long ago we're talking only a couple of decades or maybe three decades where they were in the third tier of english yeah. football and they were they were on hard times they got back to the premier league and they were kind of in the everton range of like the seventh place they had some good players they had that they were very good to watch then they got bought out by one of the richest people in the world and spent like crazy and just all of a sudden within five years were an absolute superpower powerhouse yeah. so yeah i'm talking five years for the for the world one world trade center yeah it was it's the tallest quick. building in the u.s so yeah. and man city on top of the premier league it's just it, the way it so where i live uh in hoboken which is right over the water i could see it and it's when it the sun goes down the shine of that building it doesn't look real it doesn't Glimmers, look yeah. it looks like out of place in a sense is really because you have an historic old city like new york mm. with all and we're gonna get to number one buildings that are you know more gray or just traditional mm-hmm. and then you have this big shiny shiny thing yeah yeah absolutely and like manchester city's state-of-the-art training facilities shiny and <laughs> they beautiful. Are shiny and beautiful amazing uh into number one it's the only building on this list that i have actually climbed Thankfully, it's the Empire State Building. Predictable. Uh, again, there was a time when this was the tallest structure in New York. Yeah. But now it's only the fifth tallest. So they're Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Is that genuinely yes. what you're going with? That's what I've gone with. But it's still iconic. A historic. It's, King Kong doesn't just climb any building, guys. Like, so when he, I was looking picked, for a team... He picked his building. A lot of people here told me Arsenal. Yeah, there's a big... Um, there's a big American Arsenal yeah. following, isn't there? I resisted, yeah. just because I didn't. I felt it was too easy, in a sense. It's and not been easy for them, mate. Not easy for them, but easy to latch onto. Yeah. There's a culture around it. Yeah, exactly. Like you it. can go out in anywhere in the U.S. and find Arsenal bars. Mm. Yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, Arsenal. Not too long ago, on top of the world, unbeaten season in the Premier League. The only team to ever do it. Now they're fifth. They are fifth. Yeah. It is an iconic building, though. So yeah, and Arsenal are an iconic club still. They have one of the biggest stadiums in the in England in the Premier League, and they have, I guess, some still some of the best players, but have a history of having some of the best players extremely well supported in the same way that I support the Empire State Building. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you for that. As a New Yorker, <laughs> I, I, I think you, you did well. Thank you. I'd just like to reference one more building. Oh, yeah. This is great. It's my least favorite building. Is it the Viacom or the Viacom? Yeah. Hate it. What, what's, uh, what's got you worked up about it? So, so you're going to have to tell the story. Well, yeah. We went up, we went up to the top of a, of, a, of a restaurant, a hotel, and we, we, we took the sort of like rotating disc around. And for like one entire quarter of the rotation, because of the, the building's position, is it the Viacom or the Viacom? Uh, Viacom. The Viacom building blocks like one quarter of the entire visual journey, and it's 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 just it looks rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. It's very it's in it's the very way. wide. Yes. It's all dark. It doesn't have any features. It gets in the way. I personally think that if you got rid of it, you wouldn't miss it. 
because yeah. it would actually allow you to see further and to see some of the other greater buildings and the comparison. Construction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it's, it's good to the comparison. Yeah, I mean, you can't not see it, but you dearly love to be able to not to. Uh, you could be looking at better things, but you actually end up looking at this one. It's Burnley. <laughs> now, it's, Bur- it's Burnley style of football. Burnley. What now? How? <laughs> begin with this. <laughs> Are they perceived like that because of the way they play? Yeah, Burnley are very stoic. Yeah, uh, kind of defensively minded unit, and it's taken them to great heights, of course. Um, and it's taken them to European football. They've had a long slay in the Premier League, and and no one can really take that away from but them. But nobody wants excellent. to. But see it's it. not it's not that enjoyable to watch unless you're yeah. a Burnley fan mm. because it's not a particularly pretty style or a particularly expansive style. It's very combat and it, and it does the job. And I'm sure that the people who work in Viacom yeah, are, are delighted because yeah. they get a big building that they can see over most of New York. With. <laughs> but for the rest of us floating around, having it's a obstruction. Little, yeah, I can't see, I can't see Man City in the distance. No. <laughs> I would prefer to see something else. <laughs> That's perfectly respectfully said. I think, I think I think that's it. I think I think this is where we're going to call it, boys. Before we really divulge into uh, weird territory, I really liked it. But that is us all wrapped up for this week. And all that's left for me to say is uh, thank you very much for listening. A special, massive thanks to Connor for this special episode. Thanks, There's going to be more football times football coming from, isn't there? That's right, man. We're going to be uh, stick to football and Adam Lefko from the Lefko Show. We're coming to you guys. We're we're going out to London. To uh, smoke. It'll, it'll be October twenty seventh. The Rams are playing the Bengals. Rams, great. Bengals, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have a big event out there for all of our listeners, and we want to invite uh, all your guys' listeners to come out. You guys will obviously be with us. We'll be doing a live pod with Lefko with guests out there, which is going to be phenomenal. I can't say which guests yet, but it's going to be good. some surprises, uh, some you know untraditional kind of stuff we're doing. So we can't wait to be out there and do that kind of trip because we've never actually done a meetup with our UK listeners mm. or any Euro listeners that want to make the trip in. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. And as stick to football does, it'll be a rowdy time. Yeah. More. Sounds good. Football times, football coming again soon. Stick to football ranks. Um, <laughs> Sam Ty, thank you very much. Thank you, mate. To Connor, you can now officially stick to both types I, of football. I, plan to do my best um, but this was awesome thanks a lot Real guys it was, it's great having you here no thank you for having us so i've been jack collins we hope that you've enjoyed today's episode remember to get involved in all things pod using the hashtag BR football ranks get the three of us on instagram or twitter loads of content from our travels and from sticks football on there if you haven't already please make sure you've downloaded the br app for the best sports and culture content please keep sharing the pod please keep telling your friends please keep giving us ratings and reviews on itunes we really do appreciate it we'll see you soon 